In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. You know, some words are rather old-fashioned at times. Abide is one of those words. I mean, when was the last time you drove down the highway and saw a hotel saying, sign saying, abide with us? And no matter how many times the cubs fall to the cards, you won't hear an announcer sum up the inning with one hit, a walk, and two abiding on base. Even the Oxford Dictionary gives 17 different uses of the word abide, but eight of them are obsolete. But their abide is not obsolete with John, who uses the word abide 11 times in this 15th chapter of his gospel. Oh, we usually equate abide with to remain, but abide has a lot more to do with persevering, with continuing, with lasting, with staying with something, all meanings that have lost footing in our society. We know the loss of the meaning of abide even in our own lives. When friendships are broken off, when jobs and vocations are cut short, when our devotional life and even chapel are abandoned without our concern. Abiding is a word heard often on the night in which Jesus was betrayed. In the upper room, Jesus is surrounded by 12 of his disciples, each of whom would fail to abide with him in his hour of great need. But it is there in the upper room where Jesus begins his discourse with the image of the vine and the branches, an image that was used by the prophets always to apply to Israel. Now, Isaiah reports that God, the loved one, plants vines looking for a crop of good grapes, but finds that they yielded only bad fruit. Prophet Jeremiah depicts God as the planter of a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. And yet that vine turns against God and becomes a corrupt wild vine. And as these and other prophets so clearly point out, Israel repeatedly failed to be the living vine and branches that God intended. The disciples of Jesus would fail, as his disciples today fail. And because of that failure, there is a need for a new vine. And Jesus is that vine, as he says, that he is the true vine. Jesus, the Son of God and Son of Man, is embedded in our world, in our flesh and bone. And watered in the Jordan River, that living vine stretches out its arms, its branches, from east to west to gather in all the sin of the world and to pour it into the black hole of his death on the cross. 
Jesus the vine is then planted in a tomb cut out of stone in which no one had ever yet been laid. And though rooted from within that tomb, the vine rises in the midst of a garden to bear much fruit. As St. Paul points out to the Corinthians, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus makes us his branches, whether by baptism's water and word, or by the simple proclamation of that word. And by those means, the Holy Spirit brings us to faith in Jesus, thus making us branches of the vine. As Luther points out, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel enlightened me with his gifts and sanctified me and kept me in the true faith. To keep us as branches of the vine, abiding takes its strength from the Christ who went to the cross for all of us. Now that Christ is, now that Christ is risen from the dead, abiding rests on belonging. He in us, and we in him. Or as Jesus put it, abide in me and I in you. You see, it is always first his grace and only then our commitment. It is the ongoing miracle of Easter that Jesus works us into the astonishing new creation ushered in by his resurrection. Jesus abides, he lasts, he endures, he continues, he hangs in there for us, he holds on to us, and he does so despite the fact of our forgetting that we have been baptized into his life. Abide, abide is a where word. We abide where our Lord gathers us, whether even two or three, in his name. More than most of us realize, the powerful currents of contemporary life, of activities, classes, and uncertainties make resilient commitment to Jesus and to each other difficult at best. All the more reason then to anchor our abiding as a community of faith, as, a, as the body of Christ, to anchor our abiding in the Easter gospel proclaimed and lived. All the more reason to draw deeply from the well of baptismal grace and the nurture of our Lord's Supper to meet the hunger and thirst for things lasting and enduring. Each of us, knowing our own dark past, bears witness to the sufficiency of Christ 
to call and to gather his own in our time. Through the word of God taught and proclaimed here in classes, in chapel, in the divine service, God and people are connected in ways that take root and have depth and endurance. And miracle of all is that these connections take deep root, grow up and mature into fruitful living that binds people together across otherwise impassable boundaries. But abide is also a when word. A when word that includes the wondrous deep down joy of worship together, of sins forgiven. And along with these radiant moments comes the abiding that is steadily evident in the routines and responsibilities that occupy our waking hours. While this may seem uneventful, it is anything but. You see, to abide is to infect our world with a steadiness in one's vocation without sliding into the blight of taking sight and health, hearing, mind, belief for granted. To abide is to remember what the psalmist tells us. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Oh, to be sure, there are those moments, even days, weeks, perhaps years, when abiding is sustained through times of numbing grief at the death of a loved one, or when abiding is sustained through the constant battle and struggle with disease and despairing darkness. Yet in all of this, we are able to abide only because Christ abides with us and in us. Our life is from him, which means that our life, our health, our vocation, our everything are all in his abiding presence, in his hands. There's an old prayer that puts it very well. Once we get past the first line, we pray. Abide with us, O Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with all your whole church. Abide with us in the evening of the day, in the evening of life, and in the evening of the world. Abide with us in your grace and mercy, in your holy word and sacrament, in your comfort and your blessing. Abide with us in the night of distress and fear, in the night of doubt and temptation, in the night of bitter death, when these shall all overtake us. Abide with us and with all your faithful ones, O Lord, in time and in eternity, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Amen. Yeah.